Today on Notes from the Underground, Jim from CFUV's Blues in the Morning and me, Chris, from All Systems Go, will be speaking to Chris Graham, a founding member of Odd Squad Productions. Before we start this conversation, let me read the Odd Squad Productions vision statement. Odd Squad's vision is to use reality-based film work, presentations, and peer-to-peer work to educate youth, encourage positive goal setting, and healthy choices around risky behavior and encourage our youth to stay on track by keeping drug-free for a long and healthy life. Hi, Jim, and welcome, uh, Chris Graham. Thank you for taking this time today and speaking with us. Thanks very much for inviting me on the show. You're welcome, and we'll get into the music aspect of the Odd Squad pretty soon, but first, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself, your introduction or involvement to the Odd Squad, how it all began, and what exactly is the Odd Squad? What is its mandate? I was a Vancouver police officer for 26 years, and I've uh, been retired for about 11 now. In 1997, a, a group of downtown Eastside Beat guys uh, began filming some of the uh, issues that were affecting that community, mainly among the, some of the addicts that were in the area. The uh, rough footage was picked up by the National Film Board and resulted in a film called Through a Blue Lens that, that got uh, national exposure, obviously, and it uh, eventually went international. It was released in about 1998. Uh, as a result of that, we formed a society, Odd Squad Productions, and, and branched out into working with youth, peer-to-peer groups, uh, presentations to organizations, and more recently we have what we call physical literacy, where we went to run uh, judo clubs out of a facility in Burnaby. So that's kind of the, in a nutshell, it just uh, evolved from um, um, recognizing uh, that there was very little prevention work being done out there and just wanting to let kids that were coming down into our area know that how dangerous the environment was. It's more of a visual thing for them. I found it interesting when I first heard about uh, the Odd Squad. Typically, but I think not necessarily the case, the police and musicians are seen as sort of two sides of uh, a very different kind of world. And uh, I, I was really taken with uh, how enthusiastic uh, both sides seemed to be uh, willing to work with each other on the music and the program generally. How did that come about? Well, you know, you're very observant there, Jim, because, you know, I, I kind of felt the same way initially. I guess the sort of, sort of impetus for all of this was, was Valdi. Valdi wrote a song called Oddway uh, as a result of seeing through a blue lens. And uh, he made his way to us, and uh, we connected with him, and he ultimately uh, performed at some fundraisers for us, introduced us to a number of other artists. We eventually made a music video with the song. You can watch that on our YouTube channel. Other artists began to send us material. It was was sort of the impetus as well to produce some CDs to fundraise. Who were some of the other, or say the early ones, that got on board? The first CD came out in 2006. I guess that's when we started to sort of branch out. We were dealing with a lot of local bands. I don't know if people would remember some of them, the Colorifics and uh, Bocephus King, Jamie Perry, and Paul Hyde from the Payolas. And a band called Swank had a really good song they put on our original CD. Aaron Chapman uh, from the Town Pants. Just a whole bunch of local guys that were big in the music industry. The relationship was kind of cool. We did a, a bunch of stuff with Craig Northey from Odds, Pat Stewart. Uh, you know, I mean, Pat's now drumming with Brian Adams in Las Vegas, I think, right now. Yeah, I was I was taken aback by their willingness 
to sort of associate with you know the beat cops from the downtown east side and uh and and the fact that uh, we had a common goal because i mean they lost a lot of friends in this whole thing as well right in the music industry it was a, it was a it was a really interesting relationship at the beginning and uh, there's been you know it's been 25 years now so there's some long lasting relationships jim burns in fact joined our board a number of years ago and he plays at all our events I wonder if it's uh, because the the stimulus for this from the police came from the bottom up, from the beat cops, rather than being mandated by somebody at the uh, top of the uh, pyramid. That's a good point. I, I think the other the other defining factor is that there's very little prevention out, work out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very very few people that are are trying to you know sort of encourage youth to to have healthy lifestyles and to avoid this kind of behavior. So, you know, a substance abuse and what have you, which leads to homelessness, poverty, crime, things like that. You know, the government is sort of reluctant to invest in that because it's really hard to, you know, prove success. You need grassroots organizations to um, educate youth about how to live a healthy lifestyle. This is just kind of what it boiled down to. I think the artists recognized that, that they wanted to invest in something that was more grassroots than a lot of the typical band-aid solutions you're seeing for some of the other stuff that's going on down there. When I was reading about the Odd Squad, and what I know is that you've had professional uh, hockey players come in and speak with the youth in schools and stuff. Do these? Do any of your musicians do that too? Because they're role models too. We haven't done that with musicians per se. The peer-to-peer program is, is more youth-based, so you know we're working with mainly uh, junior A hockey players as opposed to the guys that are playing at the pro level. Every year we, we bring a number of teams from the Western Hockey League to Vancouver. We fly them in. We pick the best guys they have. This is not a scared straight program. Four to six players show up. And we do a two-day um, educational seminar with them. We introduce them to people that are involved in the uh, drug trade and, uh, and and some of the issues that are going on in the downtown east side and other areas. And we equip them to speak to youth on our behalf about about what they learned. Of course, they're coming from communities like Red Deer and Saskatoon, and they all have the same problems, maybe not uh, as magnified as it is here. You know, it's just good information for youth, and these guys are leaders in their communities. The kids listen to them. The peer-to-peer thing is get a youth leader to talk to his peers. It's kind of the uh, the design of the program. But we, I think we've had success there. But once again, it's empirical. You can't really, you can't really take credit for being successful there because it's you know you don't have sort of hard facts. I'm curious. Um, are the CDs available? Can I go online and order some? You know what? We've run out. <laughs> I guess we can make more. CDs are on the way out now. Yeah, I know. And, uh, you, you know, the uh, the first album we're going to put out on streaming, I guess you could you could buy it off. We have a store on our website. We'll make it available to buy uh, a streaming version. You can download two years. Yeah. So this, this, Apple is, this is the chance to uh, uh, plug it. Can you give us the uh, website address? Oh, com. It's got all the, all the information that's been updated. The issue with the second CD is that it's headlined by Bruce Springsteen. And uh, when we signed the contract in 2009, uh, they were forecasting streaming video and what have you. So they, that's the only thing we can't use it for. <laughs> we're not allowed to release it in that form. I don't think it's a problem. It's just a paperwork issue. And, and once, we, once we're able to do that, then we'll re-release the, the CD or 
you know, there's thoughts about making a third one. We'll see where we go with that. Well, even if you can't sort of uh, count and measure success with numbers, I think getting Bruce Springsteen involved, selling out of your CDs would suggest that it's a pretty uh, successful uh, operation. It was really cool to get him involved. And, of course, he brought, uh, he brought the Bare Naked Ladies and Barney Bentall and a host of other artists along with him, Harry Manx. And uh, the, the, the second CD is just a headline like Colin James, John Mann, Black and the Rodeo Kings. We got a really good lineup on that uh, CD. It's, it's actually quite good. The songs are, uh, are intended to um, be songs that deal with issues that affect the community. So we were looking for uh, music that's sort of related to the, the mandate of our organization. You know, there's a song called Oppenheimer Park by 5440. It was never released uh, on one of their records. Uh, they just handed it over to us because they want to be involved in the project. On this show, uh, if any of the listeners uh, don't know it, uh, what we do is we let our guest, you, pick five songs of your choice. I noticed that the songs you picked are musicians that you work with, and uh, I see songs from Valdi, Jim Burns, you mentioned before, Sid Carter-West, the new Yank Yorkies, and Doug and the Slugs. Are all these people, have they been involved with your program, or are these songs... Uh, just special to you for any particular reason? Well, we already spoke about Valdi, and I think it'd be good for the uh, um, your audience to hear that song because it's, like I say, it's the impetus for us uh, in moving forward in this vein of music. Jim Burns, Just a Pilgrim, is on our second CD. We recently um, are we're doing a documentary on Jim's life, his extraordinary life right now. It's in production, and we recently released a tribute video of medley of songs bunch of his uh, peers, artists, which is available on our website as well. You can watch that. So Jim, that's Jim's contribution to um, the second CD. And then Sid Carter West is an uh, up-and-coming uh, artist, uh, switched over from country recently to sort of a southeast blues, uh, Leonard Skinner kind of a sound. He's got a new record out last week. The New Yank Yorkies, I was going to say, that's uh, John Ellison, and Imo, or actually Port Alberni boy, lives in Nanaimo now, he's an Islander, and uh, Pat Stewart, Brian Adams drummer, and, 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 and the rest of the band. And we've added Simon Kendall to that band on keyboards, he's the original keyboard player for, for Doug and the Slug. So that's, that's kind of in a nutshell why, why we picked the music we did today. It's a great name, the New the new, yeah, the new Yank Yorkies. Yorkies. <laughs> that tripped me up a few times. Yes, it's the uh, reference to the evil empire in baseball. Ah. <laughs> I assume. Well, you know what? I, I, um, uh, I haven't asked John why they picked that name. I, you know, just sort of a bit of a play on words. They're kind of a, they're kind of a traveling Wilbury sort of a thing. You know, these guys are all uh, session musicians, and they've played with just about everybody from the West Coast here right. at uh, one time or another. Rob Becker, uh, bass player from Nanaimo. Jeff Gibbons was the lead singer for a band called Sil Silverload in the 70s. Yeah, you can probably hear some of his music on the elevator. But um, <laughs> these guys go way back. They banded together to create this new band. And uh, yeah, they're, they're awesome. They got a hit song on the charts right now. Okay. We're going to play that, hopefully, today. Yeah. When you put together these gala events, and I did see the Jim Burns tribute where all these musicians are coming in, sort of like We Are the World type thing, where they're coming in and singing a bit. A couple questions here. Do all these musicians, do they know each other beforehand and play together? 
and was it scripted or is there a lot of free form um, improvisation when they're doing this? Well, that project was, uh, musical director for that was John Ellis from the New York Yorkies. And most of his band, we added Jeff Hicks, who's another uh, local drummer that plays with everybody. We recorded the musical, the instrumental part of that, live in our studio in Burnaby. Uh, we put him right on the judo floor and set up a stage. Because of COVID, we couldn't bring everybody together. So once we had that locked down, we went over to John's studio in North Vancouver and we brought the artists in one at a time and filmed them on a green screen. We played back the instrumental and they added their, uh, their vocal parts to it. And then we edited it all together. And one of the, our editor from um, Odd Squad Productions, Steve Plitz, a bit of a genius there, and he, he put it all together. You know, it was supposed to look like um, they were all there in the room. It's hard to do that, but uh, he did a pretty good job, I think. Mm -hmm. Having seen it, it, uh, it, you could have fooled me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I sort of want to change uh, direction a bit from music to, um, I think you're fairly modest. This sounds like a pretty successful endeavor. Has it spread out of the Vancouver area? Has it gone to Victoria, to Red Deer, since you uh, brought up a place I lived for 23 years? Any place else where they need this kind of uh, program? The Odd Squad in general, the film part of it, and some of the presentation work, I mean, we've traveled all over the world. I mean, we've, I've been to New Zealand, I've been to Africa, I've been to Dubai, uh, you know, we've been to Amsterdam. The other guys have different experiences. We've been all over the U.S., across Canada and back. There's a need for good prevention education and you know we get a lot of calls from uh, social workers and agencies that want to get copies of our film work and stuff so it is a universal problem the drug issue especially yeah. with the fentanyl now now we get a lot of uh, a lot of calls from people in the u.s that, about uh, the work that we're doing it's hard to find organizations that are dedicated to pure prevention kind of work uh you know getting the message out there yeah, yeah, we've we've been everywhere. Um, Toby, who's our executive director right now, Toby Hinton, you know, he's been all over Asia uh, uh, doing presentation work and what have you. You're dealing with a lot of different cultures when you're over there too. So how how is the feedback? Well, the feedback is generally good. You know, it's kind of uh, kind of different. We spent two weeks. Uh, well, it's been a while now, but uh, in an American high school in Dubai, just uh, presenting to the the kids there. They found us on, online, so they invited us over. The idea was that a lot of their kids, when they graduate from um, high school in Dubai, go back to U.S. cities to go to university, what have you, and they felt that they were somewhat sheltered for all those years and that uh, they needed somebody to sort of give them a bit of a wake-up call like to what to expect when they get out on their own. So it's that whole, that whole sort of peer mentoring situation. I was in um, Ireland a couple of years ago. With uh, I brought a, a young fellow with me that was about 19 years old that works in our organization because I wanted him to connect with the kids that we we're speaking to in Belfast and, and Dublin. Yeah, yeah, we've been we've been around. Yeah, I think it's important to keep in mind when we talk about music and the performers and the shows. This is really about um, uh, prevention education, not about just about the music side. Totally. And, you know, the, the segue is that, you know, we produce videos. Videos need soundtracks. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of work with Tom Keenley's side. Uh, right. He's just been he's just been fantastic over the years. And, you know, his his musical arrangements uh, are in the background of just about everything we do. 
it's hard to add songs with vocals to documentary styled work. It can be done, but especially if you're making a documentary about a musician. But the uh, a lot of the stuff we do, it's hard to fit the music in. So Tom has been really good about arranging performances for us. Chris, what is the relationship between Odd Squad Productions and the musicians in terms of having a common goal together? That relationship sort of evolved. It's very grassroots. It's just this connection. I, I think that obviously uh, Voldy had something to do with the beginning of that because he's got a great reputation in the music uh, you know, business, especially here on the West Coast. And so he introduced us to guys like Harry Max and some of those you know, high-end performers from this area. But I, I think that, um, you know, the music industry, you got, you got a lot of people that get involved in, you know, drug use and what have you. I mean, it's historical. I'm not telling you anything. You don't really know about rock and roll bands, you know, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, kind of stuff. And they've lost a lot of friends. Uh, a lot of these guys, like Barney Benchall, they're very solid citizens. They want to give back. They want to help out. They recognize that the work that we're doing is going in that direction. You know, like prevention work is like, you don't have to solve the problem if you can prevent it from happening in the first place. Just encouraging people to live healthy lifestyles. And, you know, a lot of these old rock and roller guys that we're talking about here, you know, they, uh, you know, I don't know what they might have been involved in in the early years, but most of them are family guys now and they're raising kids and they want, they want their kids to, you know, you know have a good, a good healthy lifestyle. So they, they see value in our work. You mentioned hockey. Are there any other sports stars that are involved in this? I would have thought this would be a natural fit for something like the BC Lions. We primarily deal with amateur groups. Uh, we, we uh, like with the hockey stuff, um, there's probably, I'm just guessing here, but maybe 250 or 300 junior hockey players that have gone through our program in the last 25 years wow. have, have played, played at some level in professional hockey. You know, lots of guys like, like uh, Brandon Gallagher and um, Dion Phaneuf and Cam Ward. There's a long list of guys that came through our program as junior hockey players. We like to think that that added some value to what they're doing in the community uh, as professionals. But, I mean, it's really hard to pull them together to get guys from Carolina Hurricanes to come to Vancouver and work with us on programs. There's a lot of spillover there because these guys, you know, the as junior players, they went into schools and talked to kids, and they've carried on in their professional life. But it's, it's, it's hard to keep track of that. We've worked with the Canadian Olympic ski team. We've had athletes from them come down and uh, do programs with us. There's been all kinds of local amateur groups, uh, you know, in diff various different sports, lacrosse and soccer and what have you. You don't have to be a celebrity athlete. I mean, we're looking for youth leaders, uh, yeah. kids that lead in their communities. So, you know, we've been working with high school students in North Vancouver and Coquitlam right. on some projects, similar projects. When you're talking about youth leaders, um, I, I loved all those people that you've been naming. Is there any involvement with uh, younger musicians? There's a lot of young folk players in, uh, I know in Vancouver and who have big social commitments, so I just wondered if uh, there were more younger players. Our new gal that we're um, working with, uh, Sid Carter-West, She's about 25 years old, and, and uh, she was originally trained as an opera singer, I believe, and then went to country, and now has moved on. Yeah, there is some youth. I mean, uh, Barney Bentall, we deal with, uh, we did a bunch of stuff with his son, Dustin. Right. 
but you know they're 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 a little bit older. I mean, we haven't worked specifically with the kids that are like learning to play instruments. Uh, you know, at that level, you know, they're kind of doing us a favor by being involved in our projects and and raising our profile in the community because they're associating with us and giving us some some validity in that sense. Uh, especially since you know they capture some some kids probably that could use the benefit of some of the information that we're sort of sending out there. The peer-to-peer program is is a little bit different, and it's very structured. We have a classroom environment and field trips and what have you, and we we empower youth leaders to speak to kids in the community. So, I mean, with an artist, I mean, I guess he could get up on stage and do a performance and go into a bit of a PowerPoint presentation about the evils of fentanyl. But, you know, it just doesn't really fit that way. The musicians are more like partners. Uh, for us yeah. to, you know, sort of help us get our word out. I, I do know that we have a common goal, and I was astounded by the willingness of many artists to get involved with us in this film work. They have bent over backwards to show up at our events. I mean, we've had situations where uh, one time uh, Craig Nordy was playing with Stephen Page in St. John's, Newfoundland, and we had an event in Vancouver. We had to rush him to the airport in a Code 3 in a police car with lights and sirens <laughs> to get him to catch his flight. But he didn't want to miss our event. No, good, great. He was that committed to showing up. So That's, um, that's enthusiasm, boy. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Craig, and you know, he, he wrote the theme song for Corner Gas, and his, his band, Odds, had a bunch of uh, hits in the, uh, I think, around the 1990s. Yeah, I love He's one odds. of those guys... He's, he's kind of like a, a bit of a, a long John Baldry. He's quietly in the background, but he has the respect of the, his peers in the musical industry. Yeah. He's involved in a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, he's instrumental in those VAMS videos that you guys might have watched uh, yeah. a while ago. Yeah, so there's a segue between us and them as well because Jim's on both boards. And just for anybody that doesn't know what uh, Chris meant, VAMS, that's the Vancouver Adapted Music Society in Vancouver. Right. Yeah, so it's just that relationship there. With the Odd Squad, you have volunteer support, don't you? Yes, um, yeah, it's a volunteer-based uh, organization. Okay, and if, if somebody listening to this broadcast or eventual podcast wants to link up with you, what kind of things can they do to help? Well, they can take a look at our website, look at our four different areas that we work in, and uh, determine whether or not there's any part of that they want to get involved in. We run a judo club out of our f- facility in Burnaby. So we got kids as young as six years old involved in that, that uh, physical literacy, we call that, you know, using activity, simulate the mind and what have you. And then peer-to-peer work and, uh, and presentations can be done virtually or from rem- remote locations. If people like what we're doing and are interested in the work and want to volunteer for us, it's just a matter of getting a hold of us through the website. Okay, and I'll give that website again. It's www.oddsquad.com. Dot com. Now, not to be confused with the television show. There's a, right. there's a sinking oh, yeah. ship as a television show called The Odd Squad where a bunch of young kids uh, uh, solve uh, puzzles or something. Uh, yep. There's been some, some crossover there because we get a lot of their mail. I know the feeling because uh, I do illustration work for a, a helicopter magazine called Vertical, and then I found out it's a, also a pole dancing magazine title. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, there you go. So, oh, no. so that, these kind of things, you have to be careful on the Internet. Well, you know, you could just learn how to pole dance. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. We're coming to the end of this interview, and I just want to give you a chance to tell us if there's anything coming up in the future. What does the future look like for the Odd Squad Productions? The future for Odd Squad Productions is, is very good. We've got an awesome state-of-the-art facility in Burnaby. We've got production studios, classroom. It's a labor of love, but we've gotten to a very good place with our organization right now. We've got really good corporate sponsorship right now. And we're branching out into youth programs, day programs. And we've just recently joined up with the Duke of Edinburgh Awards program. So we're taking kids on wilderness expeditions. We got a grant from a local company to buy equipment for these events. Doug Lundy, he owns a company in Surrey called Railcraft, and he bought us a 10-passenger van and fully funded our Outward Bound programs. People are interested in, in the work that we're doing, and, and uh, they're also interested in getting involved in grassroots organizations that don't have a whole bunch of corporate overhead. You know, all the money that we collect goes right back into programs. Everybody that works with us is a volunteer, aside from, like, some editing stuff and what have you. You have a couple of contract employees, but for the most part, everybody that's involved is volunteering their time thousands of hours a year. The uh, future is very bright for Odd Squad. Over the conversation, uh, this is the last thing I'll add, is that I sort of been uh, thinking about how it is I didn't get into more dangerous things. And it was things like sport. Uh, I had a football coach that uh, was very helpful that way. So this is uh, uh, the same kind of thing, you know. It's role models in a lot of ways. I mean, if you, if you dissect a you know, sort of human being, it's like, you know, maybe 25% uh, predisposed genetically to be the way they are. And the rest of it, you know, it's like 50% parenting, and then it's 25% peer group maybe. What we've discovered, which is kind of unique, is that is uh, we don't use the football coach. Well, you do, but we, you know, the football coaches and the policemen and the firemen and the teachers and all that stuff, uh, they play a role in all this, but we've discovered that why not get a guy that's the same age that is being very successful in his life and saying, okay, why don't you be like me? And that's where the junior hockey stuff came around, where, you know, a place like Red Deer, the Rebels are the only game in town. And and if if Dion Phaneuf comes into the classroom to tell the kids it's a bad idea to smoke weed or drink alcohol at their age or whatever, they're more inclined to listen to him than they are to me. So that's kind of the magic magic, uh, trick that we're playing on all these kids, eh? we. We bring the peers in there to try to woo them over to the good side. Kind of like a Star Wars thing, you know. <laughs> Become a Jedi warrior. Hey, thanks a lot for everything. I appreciate it. I hope that everybody enjoyed this interview and the music that Chris selected. That is Chris Graham from Odd Squad Productions. I appreciate that, Chris. And, uh, you know, thanks for supporting the work that we're doing.